0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're in across the ASEAN here on Money FM 89.3, and today we focus our sights on Thailand. And it's uh, arguable that a few economies in the region have proven more vulnerable. Than Thailand to the recent uptick in resurgence, at least of COVID-19, especially of the Delta variant. It has threatened to derail the planned gradual reopening of their mo- very important uh, tourism sector. And now there have been uh, issues or concerns raised about whether or not Thailand will even see any growth for this year, given the interrupted nature at which the economic recovery has been uh, um, on in recent months. Today on Across the ASEAN, we're joined once again by Mr. Kobsis Silpachai, who is the head of Capital Markets Research at Kasikorn Bank. He joins us all the way from Bangkok to give us a bird's eye view of what exactly is happening in Thailand and how this is impacting the outlook for both markets and the economy. Kopsith, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. Hope you're having a good Wednesday, at least.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So, uh, Kopsith, you know, when I look at Thailand right now, especially with the I- impact of COVID-19, the unique impact of COVID-19 there, interrupted can be used to describe many economies in the region, including Thailand. The doggedness of the COVID-19 resurgence really threatening to derail the recovery uh, in Bangkok and across the, re- uh, the rest of the country. And with each resurgence, the projected economic rebound in Thailand gets chipped away at even more. How has this currently impacted the growth outlook now in Thailand? and How bad has it gotten since we last spoke, I believe, in May?
1: Well, I, I guess we have to uh, rename um, the famous... Uh, I guess alias that we used to have for Thailand, which was Teflon Thailand, mm-hmm. and now we might have to change it that to to more tragic Thailand, is because um, last time we spoke, I think we were still looking for the economy to grow somewhere about like 1.8, but because of the um, uh, the situation we, that we have in terms of vaccination shortages uh, and uh, on the delta force of COVID coming onto mm-hmm. the scene, um, we basically had to bite the bullet and uh, revise growth to to 1% this year, which is still much lower than consensus. And uh, I think from the last time that we talked, we didn't have the situation where about uh, 29 provinces are in semi-lockdown or unofficial lockdown. That's basically, uh, we can't um, carry out our livelihoods. Uh, We have to be indoors by 9 o'clock p.m and uh we can't get out of the house until like four in the morning so that's making it very tough for people to you know just to to make a living and and therefore i think that's uh uh being reflected in the the fact that um the probability for recession now has increased from about from about 15 percent uh uh previously now to about 20 percent uh and uh and i guess as cases go up higher and higher until we get uh those um Miracle mRNA vaccines. I think we are going to see more and more clouds being painted over our our country here.
0: And of course, when we talk about Thailand's economy, we have to talk about the very important tourism sector and much hinged actually in the planned gradual reopening of uh, this particular industry. The sandbox model in Phuket was hoped uh, was uh, provided much hope actually, even for Singaporeans here who were hungry to at least get some semblance of tourism or travel once again. Um, places like Phuket are still planning to move forward with a sandbox model, but. Eight months into the year, and given the doggedness of this, of the Delta Force variant of COVID-19, how much can the sector salvage in terms of recovery now?
1: Well, I guess we have to go with that saying, uh, patience is a virtue. So uh, for Singaporeans looking forward to to come to Thailand, I think you'll have to wait, um, hold your breath a bit longer. Uh, We we noticed something uh, recently in terms of the markets, say for the FX markets. um, You can see a lot of parallels between Thailand and the Philippines. And uh, there were a lot of parallels between the bot and the peso uh, uh, for the past uh, three months. Uh, both uh, currencies have been rather big underperformers relative to other currencies. Uh, and that's because it's reflecting the um, uh, more disappointing outlook for uh, tourism uh, recovery in those two countries. So if you recall back in um, 2018, uh, tourism was about 23, 20, uh, 23% of the uh, Philippines' GDP. And for Thailand, it was about uh, 20%. In terms of employment, um, I think in the Philippines, uh, tourism employed about uh, 23% of total employment, whereas Thailand was about 21. And so when we have this, I guess your perfect storm now, a lack of vaccines and uh, the emergence of a more uh, virulent, uh, the variant of uh, COVID, um, I think we, we have to, uh, again, bite the bullet for, uh, for lack of a better word. That uh, tourism this year will probably, at max, we'll probably see somewhere maybe 250,000 to maybe 650,000 against uh, the number of tourists we had that last year was about 6.7 million and about 40 million in in 2019. So um, I guess the, the contribution to recovery from the tourism industry is going to be very inconsequential this year. And uh, like the Spanish saying, I think we'll have to say manana, manana until we get some kind of uh, recovery. Um, And uh, uh, we'll we'll, we'll still hope that uh, there are gonna be some, recently there's been some shipments of mRNA uh, vaccines. There was a generous donation from the US government. And I think uh, the private sector is trying to get a hold of the Moderna uh, vaccines Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in the fourth quarter. So we might see some glimmer of hope uh, gradually come in to the country. But I think we have to probably write off this year that uh, what we've been hoping for a kind of a tourism-led recovery to, to take hold here, I think we'll probably have to say again, mañana, mañana, yeah. um,
0: 2022. Yeah. 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 Another important sector that probably gets overshadowed by um, uh, tourism, and that's manufacturing. As we know, Thailand also seen as an industrial, a bit of an industrial powerhouse in the region. How has the pandemic affected manufacturing now, given we've seen PMI numbers in Thailand decline yet again? Is it uh, hitting this sector or as hard as it is tourism?
1: Yes I, I think I think so. I mean as we were um, talking earlier, uh, the last time we, we, uh, we had this chat was that um, we didn't have the semi lockdown at all and uh, now we have about uh, 29 provinces which covers about almost about 78% of GDP. So uh, to put that into context is that um, the, uh, uh, the spread of uh, the Delta variant is becoming more and more pervasive, and it's not just in the service sector now, and it's uh, being uh, more and more evident in the manufacturing sector. You know, just to, to paint some anecdotal evidence was uh, if I go to um, um, supermarkets, I don't know whether or not the phenomenon of more and more empty shelves is a result of people hoarding, or is it because of the uh, uh, bottlenecks in terms of the manufacturing sector? So I think it's becoming a bit more and more evidence that uh, as the Delta variant takes up more pace, uh, we're going to see more lockdowns and uh, more shutdowns in terms of the manufacturing sector. Mm-hmm. And especially, um, as I was mentioning earlier, is that the first semi-lockdown, they announced about, about um, 13 provinces and then they announced uh, 16 provinces. Now inclusive, those uh, provinces that are in semi-lockdowns are actually in the eastern seaboard, which is comprises the bulk of our manufacturing sector in the country.
0: All right. Uh, and Clepsis, uh, I do want to talk about it's a similar story across emerging markets across the ASEAN. You see foreign funds leaving domestic and investor sentiment also being tested, especially with this round Of COVID-19 infections linked to the Delta variant. But in Thailand, it's still expected that the IPO pipeline might actually be the most active in the region. I do want to contrast that against the Philippines, where we actually saw one IPO, for instance, decide to delay their listing because of market uncertainty. But it seems that in Thailand, appetites, at least from the outside looking in, seem to be largely unaffected. Why do you think that that is the case? Why are companies seemingly more confidently to test the IPO market's
1: right well i think um most thai firms are struggling to find growth and as we, we were discussing earlier whether or not we can generate any kind of growth in thailand so uh, i think uh in the markets we have seen that uh, return on equity for for thai companies has fallen down to about 6% and that's putting a lot of pressure on management to find growth outside of this country especially we're going to be we, we already already facing the aging population and by 2029 if i might have mentioned earlier is the the population of thailand is going to go the way of what Japan was in 2008. That means, you know, our population is going to decline. So uh, what we've we've seen is that um, the reason why there's IPOs are coming out is because Thai companies are raising money to not invest in Thailand, but actually to invest offshore for more growth. So to put that in context, if you look at some statistics in the past four quarters, the amount of Thai foreign direct investment to go to the likes of um, Indonesia, the Philippines or, or Vietnam where there's more growth was about um, 23.4 billion US dollars. So um, I think that's probably one of the major reasons why the IPO pipeline still be, is still healthy is to raise capital. And uh, in a way, the bot is like a quasi-funding currency because our yield is much lower than most um, developed, sorry, emerging markets. And you know, sometimes if you look at our bond yields, it's bordering somewhere almost as a developed market because we are facing, or or we're not facing enough inflation. So there, this this uh, phenomenon of search for yield is actually supporting a lot of these IPOs. And if you look at in terms of the amount of liquidity. The uh, one number that we track is the amount of bilateral repos that uh, commercial banks throw at one another. And that's about, on a daily basis, that's about 30 billion U.S. dollars. And if relative to GDP, that's about 6% of GDP. That's, money that's not doing anything, and that's just circulating between, circulating between us commercial banks. So, just to put that into context, there's just so much liquidity that still hasn't found a home yet, mm-hmm. and that's supporting your IPO pipeline.
0: I'd like to thank Mr. Kobsid Zilpachai, who is the Head of Capital Market Research at Cassicord Bank for joining us today on Across the ASEAN, here on Money FM 89.3. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times, and we look forward to the next time we can have you join on the show. Meanwhile, do stay safe, and uh, try to have a great weekend ahead, sir.
1: Okay, thank you, and likewise to you.
0: Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our
1: podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.